Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the worst year ever. Uh, the president is poisoning himself, and sure I think is. that's clever. That was a rhyme. That's, it is a clever ruse on his yeah, part. That's what I got. Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a tricky guy. He uses his brain. He's like, I'm gonna poison myself and maybe make my heart explode so that Poise. I don't get the virus a fourth time. <laughs> poison yourself to own the libs, guys. <gasps> yeah, I I think I've I, the longer this all goes on, the more I think that. That that really is that we should just start a counter conspiracy that convinces a lot of these people to take as much hydroxychloroquine as they fit. Like if there weren't a bunch of people who needed it for real medical purposes, I would be like, this is fine. Just let it happen. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's just, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, sure. Go choke on money. Oh, but people need that to buy food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. There's no good options because it's the worst year ever, Um, mm. which yeah, it's fun when we 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 circle back around on our introductions. Nailed it, yeah. So, uh, how are y'all doing this week? Everybody happy? Everybody mm. having a good time? Oh, Everybody so, really so, excited? So, that having it's a, start a of good week? time. Oh, so good. Everything's all right. Never That's gonna the... get out of quarantine. I'm not great at. I'm not either. Songs. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. <laughs> I thought that was great, you guys. Don't sell yourself yeah. short. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Sophie. Um, yeah, today feels slow. Today feels weird and groggy. Every day's a different adventure, but we're here doing it. We I'm are alive. doing it. I got my pals. True. You know what yeah. else is here doing it? What? The world media has, oh. is here taking on the Tara Reid story. And, I was um, worried you would say that. 
Because we planned this episode in advance. We did. We did. We planned this episode. This is one of the rare times when we planned an episode, we like settled on what our topic was going to be on Friday. And then as the weekend rolled through, this was still the the top subject of discussion. So that's fun. Um, Yeah, I think as most people are aware, in the last week, three big articles dropped um, investigating the Tara Reid case and her allegations against uh, Vice President Joe Biden, um, and her as a as a person and as a credible witness, um, and they were from uh, there was an article in Vox by Laura McGann, there was an article in PBS NewsHour, uh, and there was an article article in Politico by Natasha Karecki. Um and I didn't write down the PBS News article person's name, which is uh, shitty of me, but I'm going to find it right now. Um, Public radio man yeah it was written by the radio oh it just Mm -hmm. was written by politics no wait no sorry i I, I mistook how they do their bylines it's by lisa desjardin and daniel bush no Um, it's by politics you were right the first time um it's it's written by politics it's by lisa and it's by those two writers but they go as politics yeah yeah Yeah, Um, they're both a journalistic duo and uh, a dj uh duo yeah Uh, yeah well, in uh, this economy, you really got to have a backup. Okay. That also is what I expect from PBS. No, you know, actually, okay, so it's these these articles have been passed around uh, quite a lot in the last few days, and the one I'm seeing shared most is the Politico article, and I am seeing it shared very frequently by, like, kind of standard, you know, uh, Democrats, like middle-of-the-road, more or less centrist folks, um, and the overwhelming sentiment I'm seeing expressed with it is uh, this puts an end to the credibility of Tara Reid and her allegations against Joe Biden. That's how the Politico article is being right. um, is being talked about by folks on that end of things. Um, and I want to say straight up top. So again, these are three reports that we're going to be digging into today. So there's, there's like this question we have, right? Where um, when somebody makes allegations of this type against a, a presidential candidate in a race, uh, what is the what is the burden of proof? How how far do we go, and what acts do we take to attempt to vet them? Um, because it isn't as simple as just saying, "Okay, you made an allegation, so I believe you." Um, this is national, like this is the the future of the entire country. When an allegation like this gets made, like there always needs to be an investigation if there's like criminal uh, allegations. But this is the kind of thing where like it's going to get looked into, right? It has to be looked into when you have an allegation like this. Um, And I think the question then is, what is the appropriate way to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's there's a right way and a wrong way to dig into things like this. And I actually think all three of these articles give us good examples of the right and the wrong ways to do it. Um, And in my opinion, the Politico article is basically like a perfect encapsulation of the wrong way to look out at allegations of this type and look at the person making the allegations. So that's kind of, going into this, that's kind of how I feel having read them all. Yeah. Is this the, um, the here are all the people that feel uh, personally like spurned by Tara article? Yeah, yeah. So the title of the article by Natasha Karecki is Manipulative, Deceitful User. Tara Reid Left a Trail of Aggrieved Acquaintances. Are you um, sure the Krasnstein's didn't write that? Yeah, it's it's a bad, bad title. Um, I mean, God. it's a good title in terms of getting the clicks, getting those yeah. sweet hot clicks. You know, yeah. I'll just say in general, I, as I've been talking to people the past several days, 
including people in my family, uh, about this whole thing. And, and yes, what is the burden of proof? How do you go about proving this? I don't think that you can. I don't think that there ultimately is a proving one way or the other. Uh, perhaps some other piece of information is yet to be revealed, and that changes my mind on that. But it seems like there's no way to really find out for sure, right? And my whole thing, and everyone's like, well, I don't believe her. I think she's a liar. Well, why don't you stop for a second? <laughs> because if it was reversed, which it was a few years ago, and the other side had a candidate where there are these allegations, uh, what we all said was, Believe them or at least believe that there's a possibility that this is true because we need to be able to hold our leaders to the same kind of uh, standard that we hold the people on the other side. Do you know what I mean? And it's like that doesn't again, (laughs) it doesn't mean that I'm saying don't vote for Joe Biden because I understand what's at stake here. But at the same time, why are you so quick to dismiss this? Why are we so quick to say, no, absolutely didn't happen. I do not have room in my reality for the possibility that this could be true. And 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 that's yeah. what's so frustrating to me about the whole conversation. And so now we instead turn to uh, smear campaigns or what have you. And and yes, here are yeah. all the reasons why this woman is is a villain, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I do want to state up front, I don't think these are all bad articles. I actually think both the PBS article and the Vox sure. article in particular are are pretty well done and and responsible. Um, and I I think that like to your your initial question, Katie, there's no way um to get like a like you're not going to by reporting in a case like this get like a a, a clear yes or no. Um, we can prove that she is telling the truth or we can prove that she's lying. But there are some things you can do. So like obviously the first thing to establish, which was established by the 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 Ryan Grimm, the intercept reporter who broke the initial article, is that it was possible for these for this to have happened. You know, just like the mechanics of it work out because these two were in the same location at the same time. Um, like that, that is the first step, right? Like you make sure that, okay, this person's alleged that this other person assaulted them. Have they ever been at the same place together at once? Like that's, right. that's step okay. One. She actually yeah. had this job. They actually yeah. worked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the very first most basic thing to do. And that was done, um, initially. And it, it is, it is like possible in the sense that they were both in the same places at the same times. And she's telling the truth about the fact that she was employed by the campaign, um, and so the next things to in, in terms of like the mechanical stuff, the next things to look into would be um, let's trace down the details about her the, that, that she claimed about like how this happened. So um, can we verify that she was anywhere close to that area at that time? Uh, can we verify things like, you know, she says that she was delivering Joe Biden's gym bag to him. Can we verify that he used that gym? Um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that that would be the next thing a, a responsible reporter would do. Another thing that responsible reporters would do would talk to other women who had worked in the campaign um, at around that same time, earlier and later, to get an understanding of Joe Biden as a a boss to women and what that experience of working with him is like. Um, And another thing to do would be to speak with people who knew uh, Tara Reid at the time um, or later and prior to the allegations uh, talked to her about what had happened. Um, so those are all things that I would say are responsible things to look into as a yes. journalist. Yeah, like investigating this case. 
none of those are the things that were done in the Politico article. And I, I, I think we should start there. Yeah, um, let's let's dig into that. Yeah, because I I this is like the hideous hit piece in all of hit pieceville. Um, and it it is it is a rough read. And I get why people who didn't believe Tara from the start are taking this as a damning indictment of her as a person. Um, my my broad summary of this article would be Tara is a bad person to rent a room to and her landlords don't like her. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the sense I get a lot from. I mean, it's the same with the Krasenstein article where it's like, yeah, yeah money stuff, money problems. I don't know. Can't pay rent sometimes. I don't know. Like it's it. A lot yeah. of it reads like shaming like poor people for struggling. Yeah, and shaming like like if, if, this is how I thought when I read her terrible column about Russia that she posted on Medium. It's like, mm. yeah, she seems like a person who's got some issues, but none of none of what's in the Politico article makes me question her as a, a credible witness to sexual assault because like none of the things that people are complaining about, like it's her needing like a- asking for help with finances it's her being late on rent um it's her yeah yeah okay and it well it's... and these these things it i mean i touched on this when we talked about the krasenstein article like none of none of the things that these articles get into are she has a history of lying about sexual assault she has like it's not specific to any of the thing that we're dealing with and also none of the ones that do this ever seem to examine Joe Biden's history of lying That's... about his history specifically. Like he lies about his career constantly in public. Yeah. Like unabashedly. And and um, that's one and that's thing never none of these articles do. Yeah. None of these, even the ones that I think well, are reasonably responsible, none of them talk about the fact that like Joe's told really blatant untruths about his like very basic aspects of his background. So if Tara yeah. Reed lying to a landlord is relevant, why isn't that? They yeah. also I mean, rarely talk about the fact that he's problematic with women in general for we've known that for a long time. And you can write it off as, you know, creepy Joe Biden touching women, sniffing people's necks and all that stuff, playing with their hair. But it's not that's that's a misuse of of your position in a work situation in any kind of an environment that's invading people's personal space. And that's a really, really, really important conversation and something that undoubtedly has made people uncomfortable for the entirety of his career. Right. And, and that alone isn't really grappled with to me. And I mean, it's just all part of this fabric that, that feels unfair. Also one point I wanted to make while we're, we're talking about this, it came to my mind. They're trying to paint this portrait of a woman who is unreliable and all of this stuff. And okay, I I, I hear you. I see. <laughs> yeah, like maybe she's not a good person to rent to. Uh, all of this stuff. She wrote that 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 piece about Putin. Okay. Yeah. It also another way to look at it, that is is the portrait of a woman that's had kind of a rough past. Maybe has yep. had some troubles. Also, those are the types of women that get preyed upon. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get yeah. believed. Like, like what? there's a framing. Yeah. It's a sexist framing of who this, this, these different clues. Who does this person add up to? Well, there's a different way to look at it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, there's also that um that bit from a like a deposition from her ex husband talking about this uh in like like four or so years after the alleged incident happened, talking about how like 
she something happened working in Joe Biden's office that traumatized her and still affects her to this day is like what he said in the deposition. Um, and that and like, happened. Yeah, that affects people for a long time and their behavior. I don't know. I agree, I guess. When was yeah, that deposition again? Um, I want to say it was 1996 or 97. But see, I have to ask you that because that isn't something that people talk about very much. You know, no, it's not. No, they don't. It's not. And it it's, um, you know, some of this is just coming down to this like frustrating American puritanical thing, whereby if you're a victim, in order to be treated well, you have to be pure. Where it's like people were willing to believe, like the the Kavanaugh accuser, at least people Democrats were willing to believe her in part because like. She she had like as clean and like mm-hmm. she's she was the ideal victim, right? If we're yep. gonna talk about that. But Tara Reed is is uh, is messy. She's had a messy past. Yeah. She's clearly a person who has some some who's got some shit that she needs to that she's needed to deal with over the course of her life. And that doesn't mean she can't be raped. I have known I I I don't want this to sound the wrong way. I've known some terrible people, male and female, who were rape victims. The fact that they were terrible people did not mean that they had not also been victimized by other people. And it didn't mean that they deserved it either. No, (laughs) it did not. It did not. Which is another way people tend to look at this. Well, they put themselves in that situation. Yeah. You can be like there, there were fucking rapists who died at Auschwitz. Like it doesn't mean that was OK either. Like the fact that someone is flawed doesn't make them incapable of being a victim. Um, yeah. And that is what uh, that's particularly the Politico article, because almost nothing about the Politico article actually delves into things that that are relevant to the sexual assault um, mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Other than that, her landlord, her landlords think she's a liar for not being able to pay the rent and like kind of begging for money. She seems like the kind of person who's like had some shit going on and gloms on to people that she feels like um, can provide her with a sense of support. Um, and that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean she's not a victim. Um, and also it's it's worth noting on some of this stuff, at least like one of the allegations against her, that's not from a landlord is from someone who ran Tara Reid has a thing with horses. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she she like she seems to like being be living on horse farms and volunteering at horse horse boxes, whatever you call a place where they keep horses. Boxes? Uh, yeah, a horse box. She's volunteered no horse on horse box, boxes. Yeah. yeah. Um huh? and one of the people that she lived with and worked with in this uh regard says that she was a great person and that she he considered her like part of the family. One of the people in who was just a horse sanctuary owner, not a landlord, which is I have some issues with landlords because 70% of them are outright criminals. Um, But uh, horse sanctuary people, I think, aren't. And one of the horse sanctuary people had a very bad experience with Tara Reid. Lynn Hummer, uh, who said uh, she has a problem. I think she's very clever, manipulative. I do think she's a liar. Um, And basically, like, some of this is based off the fact that Reid's car was being repoed. And she begged this person to let her hide her car on her property. Which, again... I can say for a fact, I know people who have been victims of a variety of crimes and have also hidden cars from repo men because that's just a thing that happens when you're poor. Like, I get yeah. why maybe a person, I get why, especially if this lady is like rich, um, which she owns a horse sanctuary, so probably, right? I get why she might just think that anyone who does that is like a dangerous liar. It's pretty common right. poor person behavior to have to hide a fucking car from repo. Yeah, it's wild um, yeah. that that was. That that kind of stuff is included, um, like going through them. Like this is just the Krasenstein stuff, but like yeah, a, li- a few more of them. 
Yeah, it's like, um, oh no, she asked you if she could park her car or on your land so she didn't have to pay an extra 500 bucks to the repo guy when she could finally get her shit together to pay her bill. Like, It's it so happens. weird. Like, do yeah. we want a laundry list of all the times Christine Blasey Ford like had to ask for money? <laughs> like, yeah. What? Should we take a break, guys? Yeah, you know what won't? Can't wait. You know what will let you park your car while it's in danger of being repossessed uh, on its horse sanctuary so that you can avoid... The Repo Man. Raytheon? Yeah, well, uh, Raytheon. (laughs) Katie, I'm glad that you brought that up. Because not only will Raytheon let you hide your car in their parking lot, Raytheon will ensure that nobody ever has a problem with Repo Men again, thanks to Raytheon's new No More People program, where where they just missile everybody. That's the Raytheon dream, a world without Repo Men or anyone else. Welcome to the worst year ever. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. We're back. Oh my god. So yeah, I don't know. Like you know, I can't help whenever I, I as I'm going over this, think about Rodrigo Duterte, um, the, <laughs> the president, you know, quasi dictator now of the Philippines, because Duterte yeah. is um, he's a liar, uh, he's a murderer, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He was also molested by a Catholic priest. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. like we don't have hard evidence of it. Like there's no video of it, but we know that he was in that priest parish. We know that priest molested a bunch of other kids. And there is zero reason to believe that Rodrigo Duterte would lie about being the victim of that sort of thing. 
doesn't mean he's not still a monster. You like, and I'm not saying Tara Reid is a monster either. I'm just saying like, right. I right. I don't I don't hear anybody doubting Rodrigo Duterte's story. But anyway, there there are other reasons. Like obviously, like she's she's expressed a partisan opinion in an election, which automatically nullifies her as a human being to anyone who doesn't share that political um, agenda, because that's the way politics works. That's how it um, works. It's gross. Uh, so yeah, this, this, the, the horse sanctuary lady who didn't like Reed, um, yeah, said that she would beg for money, which is a pretty common, like a common, like she seemed to be renting a lot of rooms from people who were better off and would regularly like beg for forgiveness on rent and would also ask for loans of money. And that's a common thread, which again, has nothing to do with whether or not she's the victim of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, It's also like very, just like now of all times. To be like, yeah, look at these these poor landlords and the rent that they like they needed to get. It's just it's just wild that it's happening right now. Um, Yeah, it's frustrating. In the context of everything. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Now, this person, uh, uh, Lynn Hummer, also alleges that Reed called a veterinarian to the ranch to service Tara Reed's own horse. (laughs) I guess she had or has a horse uh, and left Hummer to pay the bill. Um, which would be some shady behavior. Reed denies this uh, and is claiming that her lawyer is going to file a cease and desist case. I don't know what's actually going to happen with this. I don't know. So there's a, a one two-paragraph chunk of this that I want to read that I, I do think is worth talking about a little bit more in detail. Quote, right. five of her acquaintances have specific recollections where Reed spoke in positive terms about Biden as recently as 2018, one year before she lodged an initial charge against Biden that he had sexually harassed her. Um, according to their accounts, Reed proactively brought up the former vice president's name, pointing to her time in his Senate offices as a high point in her career. Those interviewed said they were under the impression that Reed spent years in his office or had played a role in helping write landmark legislation, though she actually served in a junior level position for less than a year. Now, this is interesting to me because it could mean a few different things. Obviously, the author is taking it as a see, she really loves Biden point, but it, it's super like it's super common for victims to want to try to salvage something good from a traumatic event like a rape. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't find it personally suspicious, especially since and this is, again, consistent against all of these articles. They bring find people who are like, yeah, she would speak positively of Biden. But more often, she would speak positively of her time in his office and the the things accomplished of by that course office. she did. It sounds right. like yeah. she's had a hard life. Of course, working for a famous senator was a highlight of her career. Are you yeah. kidding like, me? Yeah, talking about your career. Along those lines, I get frustrated by uh, a lot of the talking points. And again, maybe something will come out and blow all of this out of the water and we'll be completely wrong. But- All of these things are so flimsy to me because it's common for stories of sexual assault victims to change. You know, there's a lot of reasons why it could be too hard to remember. It could be that they don't think that they would be believed. Maybe they don't want to talk about it. And again, that was clearly a high point of her career because, you know, she struggled since then. There's even, Katie, there's a quote from a one of her landladies who was also a psychologist um, that actually speaks to that, um, where this woman noted, quote, she presented it as, I can get my life together. I worked for Joe Biden. I had a really high-level job. I have that capacity, which totally makes sense. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's very sad. Um... Yeah, yes. and also, like, in some of those situations, especially with someone like Joe Biden, like, a big, like, you're, I don't know, you're working in this guy's office, like, you're not necessarily going to perceive it as, like, a, a sexual assault situation necessarily right away, right? Yeah, like, a lot of people you don't rationalize even process it in that way. Yeah, um, um, and just this idea that, like, well, she didn't tell everybody right away that she knew, 
kind of um about the like i don't know it's it's very frustrating to see that uh go that way when um if it were anyone else or about anyone else that wouldn't be it um yeah. also i just find it it's one thing it's it happens a lot with a lot of these yeah. articles i see and a lot of these people that's kind of contradictory where like you were saying how oh yeah all these people uh heard her talk about how what a great time she had in biden's office but she also said that she had a really high level position and she did a lot of this stuff when she actually didn't so like they're presenting this situation where like see she's saying that she had a great time there which was the truth but she also said that she had a, a high level position which was false so yeah. like which is, which is she lying about which one like which yeah, one's maybe true which one's not is, that is it she has a history of needing to like of she's it she's had a fucking rough few years and she has a history of building up this chunk of her life because it's something that she can brag about to other people with a I guy mean, who was very famous at the time come on know? do we not know people do we not recognize that instinct in ourselves at some point yeah <laughs> it's just in the same breath presenting those two yeah. things as like See, here's both. And they they oppose each other in terms of the argument they're trying to make. One of the things I recognize this from is just people, trauma fucks up your, your memory. I can say that as someone who's dealt with PTSD. Yes. I can also say that as having, I have an experience that I think is really relevant here. I have a, a good friend who was um who was a, a Marine and was, you know, one of the first units, I have a couple actually, one of the first units into Iraq. And I've gone, I went to their, their anniversary hike. They do a hike up this mountain in San Diego. And... They like it was like them and all of their their comrades and stuff that had been like in really heavy combat. A lot of them wounded together, and they were all just talking about shit. And one of the most interesting things was hearing someone tell a story and then going over to my friend uh, or uh, both of my friends and then being like, "No, it didn't happen that way. Like he's either lying or he's misremembered. Yeah. This is actually what happened." And he, that happening constantly with almost everybody's stories. Other people saying like, "No, that's not what happened," or "This happened." Or like, "Oh, they've been mm -hmm. lying about that for years," or they just remember that and like. I remember my friend saying to me, like, I don't even think a lot of them realize that what they're saying, because there's stuff, stuff like people got awards for shit that other people did, and multiple members of the unit would be like, yeah, that's what he got mm -hmm. the award for, but it was this person who did it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's just like, it's like, and yeah, again, my friend was like, I don't even know if they're lying. Like, it's just what, like, you you tell yourself that's what happened for so long. Like, it was such a chaotic time. Like, it, it's, it's fucking, tr it's traumatic. And people, people are bad at remembering things. Period. Right. That one and, of the things that Serial did best, the original podcast, yeah. that very first episode, is point out like, yeah. think back to something eight years ago. How much do you really know about what happened then? Of course, her story has like like people's memories are flawed, especially in times of trauma. So there's a couple of things as we finish off the Politico article that are interesting to me. One of the things is like, yeah, the fact that like they go through this article, which is just all about basically landlords that she like either screwed out of some rent or like loaned money from um all that stuff like there, there's there's people who have those bad stories that have nothing to do about sexual assault and then also a bunch of people like this psychologist she rented a room from who said that she Tara confided a lot in her and never talked about sexual assault and then in one paragraph uh the author of this political article notes a former neighbor however told business insider that reed spoke of the assault in the mid-1990s a work colleague from around the same time told the publication that reed complained of her sexual harassment in biden's office a document filed by reed's ex-husband in 1996 also states that reed had complained of harassment that's basically fucking it 
Um, which is like, oh, so it's not that she was only ever saying positive things about Joe Biden. It's that she didn't confide about the worst event in her life to every landlord she ever had. That's the fucking <laughs> point. That she made. Yeah. Like, Tara Reid is a bad person to rent a room to and doesn't tell landlords about her sexual assault. Oh no, that make that like that has. I'm very frustrated by the Politico article. I think also, it is a bad article. That specifically, I mean, outside of the fact of obviously she wouldn't confide that to a landlord, you know, yeah. somebody that she doesn't trust. But yeah, that's a landlord's the person that you would brag about having worked for Joe Biden to. Yep. And especially at that time, yeah. victims of sexual assault or, you know, harassment were not respected. That is 100% a time when somebody would have said yeah. like, well, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> yeah. I bet you asked for it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm just so frustrated by the whole lying to landlords thing being a mark against her because, like, I have so many friends that will do shit like Photoshop their credit scores so that they can get because you don't want to yet you want to get the apartment, right? Like, it's not uncommon to lie to landlords. Right. Um, And also, most of my landlords were liars. I've had to, like, tell I've had to talk to, like, Los Angeles County inspectors and, like, convince them not to report things about the building that were illegal because the rent was low. And even though the place was a fire hazard, I didn't want to get kicked out. Like that's fucking life, man. Um, it's, I, I hate this. Now the, the PBS <laughs> article, which we're going to move on to is a lot better. Um, for one thing. So again, I think fundamentally the political article is kind of irresponsible because you're, 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 you're focusing on like, random unrelated bad stuff that this person might have done that has nothing to do with their credibility in a sexual assault allegation. The PBS article is very different. They speak with 74 former Biden staffers, of whom 62 were women, um, to talk about his behavior towards women over the course of his career, how they see the allegations, and if there's evidence of a larger pattern. That is a responsible way to pursue an article like this. Um, that is something that should be done when allegations like this are made, especially since there's already seven or eight women who alleged uh, inappropriate touching by Joe Biden. So, yeah, for, for, from the start, I think this is like a responsible thing for uh, a news outlet to cover, right? Um, I don't know if there's any disagreement with that, but it seems like a reasonable set of questions to ask, right? Okay, uh, he's been accused of inappropriate behavior to women. Let's talk to every woman who worked for him we can find and see what how they think. Like, that, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm going to quote from that now. None of the people interviewed said that they had experienced sexual harassment, assault, or misconduct by Biden. All said that they had never heard any rumors or allegations of Biden engaging in sexual misconduct until the recent assault allegation made by Tara Reid. Former staffer said they believed Reid should be heard and acknowledged that their experiences do not disprove her accusation. Overall, the people who spoke to the news hour described largely positive and gratifying experiences working for Biden, painting a portrait of someone who was ahead of his time and empowering women in the workplace. And... I think, guys, this is the point at which we should all talk a little bit about a former colleague of ours, um, a guy who had a reputation for writing very woke articles, including articles with survivors of sexual assault, um, a guy who had a really good uh, reputation online uh, in terms of being like a progressive and pro-women advocate, uh, a guy who, if allegations about his own sexual misconduct had not come out, would probably have been trying to get in on the whole writing about Me Too stories thing. Absolutely. Um, I think we all yeah. know who that is. I don't know that we need to share his name, but it was someone we worked with at Cracked. You could find it if, like, the, the, his accusers have have made their allegations public. It will not be hard yeah. to track this down if you want. Um, He was somebody who had uh, good relations with, like, even after 
So one of the things that made this situation stressful working with him is that like a, a chunk of the office found out that he had sexually assaulted and physically abused uh, a couple of different um, women um, before the other half of the office did. And for a variety of reasons, including um, there being laws about hostile work environments and stuff, uh, there was a period of time where not everyone in the office knew about what had happened. Yeah. And he continued to have good relationships with a number of women he worked with in that office who were shocked when the allegations were made public. That is a thing that happened, and it happens a lot. Absolutely. You guys, people weren't yeah. allowed to talk about it. You no. know, it was even, no. even, uh, which is so surprising and weird, <laughs> like, uh, because you want to be able to protect people, you know? Um, Legally, you do. And you also, like, you don't want this person that you just learned about doing a horrible thing to make, you know, a million dollars because of a hostile work environment suit. So you you listen to the lawyers and you you hope that that's the right thing to do. And then you spend the rest of your life wondering, was that the right thing to do? And that's not to say that that's necessarily yeah. what happened here, but it easily could have been, you know, there's. Yeah. You know. It, it's it's uh, more to make the point. A lot of women will say, and I don't think they're liars or doing this for their career, that Joe Biden was one of the very best people to work with on Capitol Hill if you were a woman in like the, the 90s and, and 80s and stuff. Like he was ahead of his time. He did a great job of, of uh, making these women feel valued. And I don't think that they're lying about that for the sake of their career because there's a lot of women who are very consistent about that. And that is relevant because it does speak to his character, but it's yeah. also it's also something whereby there have been a number of people who have committed rape and who have also had great, like, it, it, it engaging in positive work relationships with women that they didn't rape. And right. absolutely. And you know what else is relevant? That's... <laughs> Uh, it, it, that doesn't get talked about enough, I think, in general. Is this or an in ad plug, Katie? Because good God, no, but it it could. <laughs> you be. know who else? <laughs> um, no, it's the way he treated and handled Anita Hill. Yep, a, a sexual assault in the yeah. workplace case, at, and that is around not brought up this, in this time. Article. Yeah, around it's this. It's not time. often brought up in general. It's and not it ought to be about this. But it's yeah. definitely not in regards to this. Again, and I can't say this enough, around the same time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, there's a, the PBS News article, uh, NewsHour article is much better than the Politico article, but it's also very flawed. And then I think is one of the reasons why it's very flawed. Another is that it doesn't talk about Joe's own history of lying about his past. Um, although it's not really, it, yeah, I, I think that's relevant. Yeah. I also find it weird, like, in the quote, and forgive me if I, I didn't quite catch the exact wording, but, like, it said that all the women didn't have any inkling of, like, any sort of sexual harassment claims until Tara Reid, but, like... Sexual misconduct. Ago, but Okay, but that's... The, a year the, ago, there were all these sexual misconduct allegations. Well, there were allegations of inappropriate touching. I guess they might be saying that, like, well, that's not the same as. Yeah, like, the that's way the parsing yeah, words. That's, that that's an issue I have. Yeah, I yeah, know. it's frustrating. A lot of these articles will yes. not even bother defining these th terms or like making distinctions yes. or like talking about that in the right context. It's frustrating. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah, inappropriately touching. Should be considered sexual misconduct. That's sexual. Yeah, exactly. Whether yeah, exactly. or yeah, that's not, my point. Like, like okay, we yeah. can have the argument if you, if we must, 
Yeah, that I, 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 Joe I, I, Biden I'm not doesn't understand. I, I'm, oh, I know you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just mean in general, people can say like, "Oh, but Joe Biden doesn't. He didn't mean it like that." Yeah. Okay. The rules have changed, Katie. Did you hear the rules have changed? Weird, but yeah. Yeah, and, you know, um, yeah, and like uh, walking up to a uh, like a colleague from behind and uh, like putting your hands on their head and then kissing the back of their head while sniffing their hair. That's sexual misconduct. That's what that is. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, there's allegations oh, in this from Ben Savage, who who worked next to Reed, that um, she wasn't forced out of her job in retaliation for sexual harassment, that she was just kind of bad at the job um, and flaky, which totally possible. Like, And it's possible that, like, again... This not, isn't even necessarily an area where there's there's lying. She may have both. She may both honestly feel she was forced out because of her sexual harassment uh, claims, and also her colleagues may feel that she just wasn't very good at her job. Both of those things could be true. I don't. And it know. sounds like maybe she was a bad worker. She might have <laughs> yeah. been. Yeah, but like totally, that's, yeah, totally possible. It's a perspective thing too, because like yeah. especially when this allegedly happened, like yeah, that guy's not gonna like necessarily He's not gonna be know. aware yeah. of sexual harassment going on like and no one like no man in that era also, was like ooh who's getting you know i don't know it's maybe it's weird, if like, she was if she is the victim of this kind of trauma maybe she started not doing such a great job at work because she was traumatized and all this guy would know is like boy she's really not pulling her weight like she's not going to confide in him he's just a guy who right. sits next to her like yeah that's totally Possible. Now, one of the things that I do think that's interesting is the her claims about like being asked to um, appear at a fundraiser because one of Biden's colleagues thought she was hot um, and serve drinks. Um, and this is something that I think is very relevant. PBS News article notes, quote, more than 50 former staffers said they didn't remember ever attending a fundraiser for Biden in Washington, D.C., which is where Reid says this one was when they were on his Senate staff. And some are called an office policy banning most of Biden's Senate staff from doing campaign work. Further, two men who worked as junior staffers for Biden said the senator specifically did not want women serve, to serve beverages like coffee or perform other menial tasks in his Senate office or on the committees he chaired. Men were typically asked to perform such tasks. He didn't want the image of a young woman staffer serving him, said John Earnhardt, who took over Reed's duties. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That is That strikes me as a relevant thing to talk about, like this, this fact that like other people don't recall the same kind of event that she was supposedly right. at, um, and that he, he didn't have a habit of asking women to serve drinks at these. I do think that's a relevant point to bring up. It's obviously not conclusive one way or the other, but I would call that as an example, as opposed to talking to her fir- former landlords. I think that's an example of a, rele- a relevant path. Yeah, that's slightly more relevant sure. than whether or not yeah. she could make rent 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's time to take an ad break. For yes, real. yes. Speaking you know what's also... Breaks. Relevant, relevant to allegations of nope 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 that's not mm-mm, how we mm-mm, no mm-mm, no mm-mm. no jesus oh boy um but uh products and ooh. services are good yeah yep yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah welcome to the worst year ever we'll get through together or not with every cbd product claiming to do something different it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, 
Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're See? back. <laughs> Those were so good. Uh, they were. They were great. I Th- thankfully not them. relevant to the topic. No, okay. never. So yeah, I, there's another quote in here that I find relevant that I'm going to uh, read from now. Quote: Victoria Norse, who so- served as Biden's top lawyer on the ju- Judiciary Committee in the early 1990s, recalled Biden's reaction when another official made a comment about her looks in front of Biden during a flight in 1991. The man said, "Oh, Joe, let me sit next to the pretty girl." Recalled Norse, who later served as Biden's chief counsel in the White House. Biden told the man off, Norse said, making it clear that we were here for work and that that was inappropriate in a very no-nonsense way. Um, so that's that's good. That's, that's good. again, okay. a relevant yeah. thing to bring up. Um, it is also, however, brought up in this article to its credit that, like, they're interviewing a bunch of former and, like, people who have worked with Biden and who have a reason to believe they might get hired in a yeah. Biden White House, which is also a relevant thing to bring up. So I'm glad they yeah. did bring that up. That's that's yeah. a, a good that they – right. Like that's, yeah. that's what you want out of these articles where it's like, yeah. here's this thing, but also yeah. here's some context yeah. for you. Um, yeah. And there's there's reasons to critique the people, which we have, critique the PBS article. But again, I do want to state I don't think this is, like, an irresponsible article. Um, I just think it's imperfect. So, um, yeah, and there's another, I think probably the most relevant thing this article notes is it, is it talks with Liz Tankersley, um, who was Biden's legislative director from 1985 to 1993, um, and was also part of a group of women who put together a list of problematic men on Capitol Hill for other women. It was kind of like, we have one of these circulating in Los Angeles, right? Where it's like, it's like that media yeah, comedy analyst. network. Yeah, yeah. These are yeah. people in men in the industry that you shouldn't be alone with, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they have, you know, there's been allegations against them of being sketchy as shit. Um, and Liz said, quote, you got to know which senators you didn't want to be on an elevator alone with. No one ever said Joe Biden was one of them um, on that list in 1993, according to multiple staffers, was Senator Bob Packwood, Republican from Oregon. He later resigned in 1995 after the public revelation that he had engaged in years of aggressive sexual behavior towards women, including staffers. The late Senator Strom Thurmond, uh, Republican South Carolina, was also infamously on the avoid elevator list, staffers claim. So was another now deceased lawmaker, Senator Ted Kennedy, Democrat from Massachusetts. No surprises there. Um, Joe, Bi- now- Joe Biden's good buddy, Strom Thurmond. Yeah, and it's it's worth noting. So one of the things we're talking about is Joe has this uh, absolute and and documented. We know this to a f- point of certainty that he has a history of touching people in creepy ways because there's there's no shortage of pictures of him doing it. So we know that that's a thing that occurred. 
But also, I think kind of the point this makes is that like maybe one of the reasons why people thought so positively of him in relation to this in this period is because he wasn't a sexual assault. He wasn't creepy a, guy. aggressive. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He was he, like not in the same like the bar was really low because there were a ton of people who were just outright grope you on an elevator. Um which still leaves a lot of room for Joe Biden to do some terrible things um, and still be viewed as a good guy by most of the people who worked with him because it wasn't hard because most of the men on Capitol Hill were fucking gross as shit. Um, and just like seeming not that gross was easy. Yeah. Now, there are the the at the end of the PBS article does get to the fact that some of the people who worked with um, including Byrne, one of the women who I think put together his list, uh, knew that there was a history of Biden. Uh, he had a habit of touching people uh, when interacting with them. Uh, we knew that about Biden. He was always massaging somebody's shoulders, but never anything more than that. There was no vibe about him. Many staffers stressed that people frequently gravitate towards Biden as a kind of comforter in chief and look for an around the shoulder, uh, uh, an arm around the shoulder, or a kiss on the cheek. However, staffers agree it was not in Biden's nature to gauge social signals about whether someone wanted to be hugged or touched. Many said they learned that he might do so without warning, though most saw it as an endearing quality that wasn't sexual in nature. A former staffer said that when Biden does things like stroking women's hair, there's a complicated dynamic at play. His behavior towards women can be somewhat infantilizing, the staffer said. That doesn't look like a quality, right? But it was an expression of empathy as opposed to flirtation. For others, Biden's touching evoked some regret. There were times I now look back that I think we messed up. We should have said something about that, a different former staffer said. We probably should have recognized that made people uncomfortable. So this is kind of how the article ends. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's not conclusive. Um, there's a lot that you can take out of that. Um, obviously flawed in some ways. Um, I, I think the best of these articles that I ran across was the Vox article um, written by Laura McGann. Um, and for a little bit of the history of Laura McGann, you know, because again, people will look into like whether or not these journalists have a history of like supporting Biden or, you know, being more liberal or more left to determine whether or not they can credibly report on this. Laura McGann did write an article uh, pretty recently titled Joe Biden is the only one with a chance of getting this done. Uh, but in April 2019, she also wrote an article titled Lucy Flores isn't alone. Joe Biden has a long history of touching women inappropriately. Uh, she's also written several articles about different reasons women don't come forward with stories of harassment, particularly by powerful uh, men. Um, I think Laura is a reasonably credible journalist to be writing the story. And she also has a personal reason to write this story because she was one of the very first people interviewing Tara Reid um, before the allegations were made public. And she was not able to publish the allegations that she made against Tara Reid because, like, it, Tara was talking to a number of different reporters at the time. Laura wound up not being able to, like, back it up enough for her editors to actually write the story. And someone else put the story out first, which is a thing that happens. It happens all the time to journalists. Um, but she continued to talk to Tara, particularly after Tara um, started coming forward with stories that, like, Biden now had sexually assaulted her. Her article is interesting for that reason, because she's she's clearly very sympathetic to Tara. Um, she's also trying to do her due diligence as a journalist here. And again, as with the PBS story, it ends on a very inconclusive note. Like, there's not a smoking gun here, if that's what you're looking for. But I do think Laura's Vox article is probably the best analysis of this that I found. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. and, and, yeah, there's not going to be a smoking gun. No. Yeah, and, and it and works. That's yeah. what I, echoing what I said at the beginning of the episode, it's like, yes, it, I think it's important to do due diligence and 
and check everything that you can. But at the end of the day, it's hard to believe that we'll have a definitive answer on this. And to me, I think it's really, really important if we are trying to change the culture where sniffing someone's hair isn't, there's no, no longer a question as to whether or not that's appropriate or, you know, uh, believing women, believing that powerful men take advantage and abuse women every day, you know, if, we, if this is a lesson that we're actually going to have take root as a society, it is very important that we hold ourselves to the standard that we, uh, you know, preach about. You yes. know what I mean? It's very important that we say, you know what? There is a compelling case to be made that she is telling the truth. And yeah, she might be problematic. Yeah, all of this stuff, you know, they're, they're, both of those things can be true at the same time. And, and if I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, I need to know who he is. Or I have, to under, I have to accept that this might be something that's a part of him. And I'm not going to just relax and let our leaders off the hook. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... it's yeah, a lesson that um, I hope we've metabolized throughout the last four years, you know, especially as we criticize Obama more, we look back and we're like, oh, wait a minute. He wasn't exactly the person that we said he was. We just got complacent. We were relieved to not have Bush anymore. And he, he, we let this and we let we let it skate. You know what I mean? And. If we win, I, we need to be able to do that is my point. Yeah, I go back and forth on whether or not that's going to happen we're capable of doing that the discourse around this no. seems to indicate that no. uh the not party, right away the, the 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 letter next to someone's name is what determines yeah. this kind of thing yeah um, i remember even talking about like back in the kavanaugh days uh oh those days remember Ugh, um the good old and days this, well this idea and like it's a lifetime appointment too so i think that has a little more bearing on it but like this idea you know it's not it wasn't like a court of law about like whether or not that happened um yeah. it wasn't uh this this idea of like well it has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt but in this kind of situation especially it's a lifetime appointment um it's more about like public perception um it's not about being beyond a reasonable doubt there was doubt there's still doubt in people's minds uh an overwhelming number of people still think he is guilty it's one of those things it- where like whatever happened with the vote the responsible thing to happen in that situation was for Brett Kavanaugh to acknowledge that there is a lot of doubt in the public and his position is a lifetime appointment. And it's very important that that right. integrity is upheld and the responsible thing for him to do would be to, he can still say it didn't happen, but because of uh, the shit show, the responsible thing to do is to step down not accept the nomination and let somebody else do it. Literally anyone else could have done that. And it would have upheld some sort of sense of integrity for that. Um, and I'm not even saying necessarily that this has to happen with Joe, but like if <laughs> in talking about the Me Too movement and like all, all the stuff we've talked about in this episode and other episodes, mm-hmm. um, wouldn't it be interesting and and uh, powerful if Joe stepped aside <laughs> Because of well, that won't the, happen. Yeah. I know, but like, yeah, just like that the, been, the number of that been the neat, number huh? of, of women in the party yeah. who are really yeah. struggling with this and are really uh, disgusted that they're even in this situation where they have to choose between these two people now and this guy 
I know it won't happen, but it. I, I keep going back to this I, that idea of Kavanaugh and like, well, actually, here's what he should have done. That would have been great, best for everybody. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah, it won't yeah. happen. Doesn't matter. Fine. No, Who cares? no, it, Who cares? It, it, it's it's frustrating, and it's like so. One of the things that's kind of frustrating, like there's a lot that's frustrating about this. One of them is just sort of the fact to which all that clearly matters now is is what you believe politically. If you're a if you're a Democrat and a committed Democrat, Joe's innocent. If you're a Republican, he's guilty. And if you're um, on the left side of the party and are angry that Sanders didn't get the nomination, he's also guilty. And, you know, uh, there, there's an amount of people in there who are trying to make their decision based on the evidence. But there's an awful lot of people who are just kind of looking for Like, if you want an excuse to think that her allegations aren't credible, plenty of chum has been put out there for that to be possible. If you want to believe her allegations are credible, there's plenty to latch on to. And this is kind of the nature of truth in, in our society now. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not. There, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, and like, there's a lot that's frustrating about that. One of the things that's angry is that like all of the articles, all of the, the authors behind the articles I read today are kind of being attacked by folks on the left as like being part of a smear campaign against Tara Reid. And that's very fair for um, the Politico article. There's some criticisms to make of the PBS article. I don't feel like Laura McGann at Vox is smearing Tara Reid. I, and I will get into her article a little bit more. I think it's a very responsible piece of journalism. And it's frustrating to me that we can't, because of the politicization of this, we can't even really analyze this without being like people being attacked uh, mm-hmm. all around. Like no matter what you do, right. you're going to get torn up in so- in cases like Laura's for just the simple act of like, all right, I'm going to, I am someone who reports on this shit. I am somebody who believes that this is a problem. I'm someone who has a deep understanding of the fact of why women don't come forward in cases like this. And I've been talking with Tara for a while. I'm going to do my best to write an article about everything we know and don't know. Oh, now I'm being accused of of being part of a smear campaign. Um, yeah. It's very frustrating. Um, she makes a really good point, which is that um, one of the things that you have to do, since there's not going to be an objective yes or no to this, is you look at the corroborating evidence, um, in, in, including like other allegations. And one of the points she makes is that like when uh, allegations were made against Harvey Weinstein or against uh, uh, Bill Cosby, it wasn't he said, she said. It was here are a ton of different people over the course of years in a lot of cases that whose stories we have collected that all line up in a variety of ways and that are all very consistent. And you have something similar with Donald Trump. Um, and it is worth noting and it is worth pointing out that that does not exist with Joe Biden. There is overwhelming evidence that he has touched people in creepy ways that made them feel deeply uncomfortable and that that is not OK or good. Um, Tara Reid is the only person to accuse him of explicit like something that you could qualify as rape. Um, and that that is a, 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 a worthwhile thing to point out. And I think I want to read an excerpt from Laura's article because the way that she talks about this, I think, is very responsible. So I'm going to quote from that now. Eight women have now said they've been made uncomfortable by Biden in public settings. Reed is the lone woman to accuse him of sexual assault. This is a situation out of her control, but it means that reporters can't build a story about Biden around a pattern of behavior where multiple accusers boost one another's story. Instead, reporters are looking at Reed's account in isolation, and that account has changed. Um, and then she notes you know, there are a number of ways that that account's changed. And she also notes that that's not uncommon with stories like this, that people's memories are flawed and imperfect. And like, yeah, that that is that is a thing that happens. That's noteworthy. Um, and it's noteworthy that, like, 
Since then, a former neighbor of Reed's, Linda Lacasse, has come forward in an interview with Business Insider. She said that Reed spoke about the harassment and assault claims in 1995. I asked Reed why she hadn't mentioned Lacasse to me a year ago, or to Halper, or to the first few reporters she told about her assault allegation, including the New York Times, which was working on a deep dive into her story at the same time. She said Lacasse hadn't seemed like a relevant source because she talked to her two years after the alleged incident took place. Reed added that she told reporters about two other anonymous friends later who hadn't seemed relevant to her either. When asked a similar question by the Associated Press, who had been working on the story too Reed didn't respond and this is like number one like I get why people are are poking at this because again as as Laura points out you have to like all you have is this one story to poke into but also I get that this traumatic thing you probably talk to a number of people about and you don't think of all of them immediately no yeah it was in the Uh, early 90s yeah (laughs) but then you get to this frustrating thing where like um so when Halper asks Reed why she didn't mention the assault allegation originally, she responds by blaming the media. Quote, well, I was going to tell the whole thing, the whole history with Biden, but the way I was being questioned, it made me so uncomfortable that I didn't trust it. And no offense to the reporters out there, but it's maybe just something that can't be learned how to talk to somebody who got, because I really just got shut down. And the narrative they really wanted to it to be was that it wasn't a sexual thing. Like, I don't say it's sexual. And so I was like, okay, I guess I can't really say the whole story. Um, and again... Laura, the person writing this article, is one of the women that Reed was talking to at this time. And Laura notes, quote, but that wasn't the narrative I wanted. I wanted the truth. And I certainly had no qualms about the accusations being of sexual misconduct. Reporters at many outlets, including the reporters Reed spoke to, have not shied away from reporting on detailed sexual assault allegations. Um, And that's a good point. For one thing, just looking at Laura's history, I have no doubt that she would have been perfectly happy to have been the one to break this story. Um, and Laura also notes, quote, in the interview with Halper, uh, Reed said that she contacted someone at the Washington Post and then they never really followed up. The Washington Post said that it interviewed Reed on multiple occasions, both this year and last, as well as people she said she told of the assault claim and more than half a dozen former staffers of Biden's Senate office, a fact Reed conceded to me in an interview. In a recent conversation, I asked Reed why she would say the media was shutting her down when she was initially so adamant with me and other outlets that this wasn't a misconduct story. The only answer she gave is that she was speaking about the response to her claims collectively. And in her opinion, the added details still fit her construct that this is not a story about sexual misconduct because she told me sexual assault itself is about power. So, I don't know. Like, again, this is, this is, it's complicated as hell. Um, Yeah, to that, you know, this is 100% conjecture. I just listened to that and I think about myself in that situation or her, you know, you know, like what could be motivations for withholding some of that information at that point. And, you know, this is somebody that is being lauded as the, at that time too, people were pushing for, a lot of people wanted Biden to be, the not you know to 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 be running for president mm-hmm. and that's a scary thing to go up against you know what i mean yeah even and and me too was happening but we hadn't really seen that much progress with it weinstein only recently got convicted <laughs> you know what i mean like uh i i think that there i can understand a world where even at that point not being comfortable sharing the whole story. I can't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that it isn't also a, cons- a problematic al- element of it. I'm yeah. not saying that that isn't an important point. I'm merely, you know, hypothesizing and trying to put myself in that position, you know, yeah. and, and be empathetic. And if we're, if we're trying to actually look at this 
accurately, like there is, there are things to be concerned about in her account. Like one of the things that's been brought up, I believe in the PBS article, is that the specific place where she alleges the assault took place is incredibly crowded um, and has been forever and always has a heavy amount of tourist and foot traffic. And that doesn't mean it didn't happen because also like details get muddled up, especially of location over time. Um, but like it's it's that's a worthwhile thing to point Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, and Laura McGann points out that um, uh, quote a few weeks before Reed spoke to Halper, she replied to a tweet from Grimm, the guy who wrote the Intercept article about this, seeming to tease that a story was coming out. Um, and the tweet was Ryan said um, uh, tweeted a head to head Biden v Sanders contest where forced voters to take a close look at Biden again that went very badly for him last time. And Tara responded to this, um, yup, timing, wait for it, tick tock. Uh, and this was posted on March 3rd, 2020, and Grimm says that he didn't speak with her for the first time until, until March 8th, a week later. That's a, a thing to note, like, it, and it doesn't, that doesn't look great for her. So, like, yeah, that's that's worth noting. It's also possible, like, I don't know, people have said that that's like, uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a thing worth noting. Yeah, it's worth yeah. noting. I guess it's just like, I, if she if she's trying to get this story out, I don't know. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's But see, that's I, a that is a fair approach yeah. to this. Yes. And I think that, that for me is what I want the takeaway to be because again, we're not I don't know that we're going to have an answer, but I'm talking about how we have this conversation, how we treat people that come forward. There's this whole believe women article circulating and and it's just so frustrating how we approach believe women and, you know, the the character assassinations feel irrelevant something yeah. like that a discrepancy yeah. that is something yeah. to explore. fuck that politico article and fuck the person who you wrote know, it it's um it's difficult and like i i don't want to just be blanket saying you know she's not lying because we don't have the answer but i don't want to be somebody that sees the worst in people and uses that as a weapon either and you know Anyway, end of sentence. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, like it's it's you uh, take these allegations seriously and don't like just try to rip the woman apart. Yes, which is I, I do think if you are if you are interested in journalism and like what what good journalism versus bad journalism is, these three articles are a really good illustration because they, they run the gamut of on the on the irresponsible journalism side you have the politico article which is a hit piece um and very gross for that and i i I think provides almost no information that is relevant in evaluating um uh this case then you have wait do you want to hear the uh the repossessed car story again yeah 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 i don't care (laughs) all right okay yeah in the middle, you have the PBS article, which starts from a very good position, um, has some serious flaws because it doesn't take some things into account that it really ought to have, including Anita Hill and including, you know, the, the fact that if you're going to talk about um, Tara Reid being inconsistent, let's talk about Joe Biden's own inconsistencies. And then at the other end of it, I think, and it, this is, you know, the Vox article is almost more of a column because it is written in this author's voice and it is based in, in part on her personal experience talking to Tara for a very long time. And her experience in general covering stories like this and very much caring about telling these kinds of stories. And I think is a very responsible article. And it's worth noting that the most responsible article in the bunch 
doesn't lead you to really feel one way or the other about the the truth of the case. It's just it's it's this is a like it which is frustrating, and I I know is like not the place anyone wants to end this on, um, right? Because you want to you want to know, but that's what it is. But we like, won't. Yeah, and uh, acknowledging how frustrating it is, and that we won't is, I think, part of what needs to, uh, yeah, be mentioned yeah. when you're reporting on this kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a point of certainty will never be like, for an example, of how hard it is to get certainty. There is still a debate um, among scholars about the extent to which Hitler was aware of the Holocaust, because Ad- Adolf Hitler was a was was very. Um, committed to not putting certain shit down on paper, like the annihilation of multiple in ethnic groups. Um, mm-hmm. And so his name is not on a whole lot of documents tied to the Holocaust. Um, right. Now, I, I think 99% of credible historians at this point agree that he knew and was very involved and understood exactly what was happening and was, in fact, a major advocate for it and devoted military resources to um uh, uh uh to he- allowing the holocaust to continue even when those resources were needed up at the eastern front there's very little debate about that now but there were decades of debate and it was decades of people trolling through archives and building the case uh, because he had just been kind of careful about not sticking his name on documents building the case that he knew exactly what was going on that was the work of lifetimes um and that's you know uh, it's uh, the truth is a shitty business to be in. <laughs> it's the only yeah. place I can end this on. Especially these days. Yeah. I finally popped up on Facebook uh, and got into a conversation. Oh, don't with do that. A person and it really turned into QAnon stuff really quickly. Oh, great. Yeah, that's a problem. You did this to yourself, Cody. I, <laughs> well. And that's what really sure. hurts. Um, a friend of mine was like, hey, this old friend from high school is talking about this stuff. Do you want to have some fun? I was like, no. <laughs> no, I did, that's I not was, fun. I was right. It wasn't fun. <laughs> no. Uh, good job, guys. Know. We made yeah. it through the episode. <laughs> good we job. Did. Everybody clear on what to do now? No. Yeah, crystal, <laughs> crystal clear. Everything. Everything's in order. Yeah. Well... Yeah. You guys can check us out online. I can give you that. That's kind of fun and positive way to end it. We're yeah, online is really pod. fun. Mm-hmm. At Worst Year Pod on the instant, the, yeah. the, the Twitter and the, the stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. You can believe that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am I am excited because um, I, I, I think there are things in here that are going to piss off everybody which is never my goal actually i'm not one of those things people who's like if you're if everyone's angry at you you're telling the truth i'm right yeah but this is one of those things where i i don't know how to actually tell how i feel having analyzed all these stories and not have there be something in there that pisses off everybody yeah. um which i don't like i wish that wasn't the case but this is how i feel about these articles well we, yep. we live in a very complicated time yeah. where there are where it's too complicated. It's, it's sometimes too complicated yeah. to have a definitive yep. opinion on something, but you can do your very best and you can sort through what you're presented and be critical of it. Yep. Yeah. And it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's okay to say, I don't know. I sure wish 
we had a candidate who was selfless enough to be like, uh, but also like, yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck all of this shit. I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's bad. Also, <laughs> you know, we got to beat Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The president is taking too. hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, I feel like that drug Maybe, will take care of it for yeah, us. Yeah, fingers that crossed. That might be the answer to our question. Hydroxychloroquine becomes the big hero of the year. We build a statue mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> yeah, cover of Time magazine. Yeah, He Man might not the be year. the hero we need, but it's the hero we got, guys. Yeah, the drug that made Trump's heart explode. Thank you, mm-hmm. comrade hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> yeah. You live long enough to become the villain or you die of hydroxychloroquine. Then- this just all becomes a Democrat's long game to trick him into having his heart explode. Yeah. Oh boy. Got him. Y- yay. Yeah. God, I wish the Democrats were capable of a long game. <sighs> I don't. Uh, I actually, wish they were capable I don't know. of any game. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Even though I has to say that, like, I don't think I don't, they're, I don't think I would like the goals of their long game. Didn't I don't. We, yeah. Didn't uh, we end this episode like five minutes ago? We did, but we're all still frustrated and traumatized yeah, by did. the year. Yeah. There we are. All right. Bye. Bye. Later. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb, and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.